0: I was thinking, if, if I had done a cold open, it would have been Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, auditioning to play the Volcano. Please,
1: Please do, do that it. now.
0: Please do it.
2: Please do that now.
0: This is great. I'm very excited to be here. Um, <laughs> and, no, I know this didn't say, I know this is just an office. And it's not, uh, there's no sign that says auditions, but I am willing, I am willing to come in and audition. You don't understand. I want to play the Volcano. Joe versus the volcano. I've played everything. I've played barbarians. I've played cyborgs. Now I finally think I want to be a gaping hellmouth. I can do this. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? I
2: didn't. I, <laughs> Watch your gaping hellmouth. This is for children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Watch. Oh. No, they come up to me. You'll be Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be joking, you can go you'll be like <laughs> just walking along here in Hawaii and then i okay now I do mine. Rumble 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 ah, volcano where are you? Ah, ah, ah. Do you feel this? The heat
3: Oh Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon. This summer. At Theaters Everywhere. Opening Weekend. Read it or.
0: Welcome to episode 71 of Opening Weekend. I am Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa, and this is a very special. All request episode, uh, our longtime listener and educator at Half Hollow Hills High School on Long Island. Dan just did one of those.
1: Eh, yeah, the muscle
3: you know, you know, Educators you know, pushing it. I don't, I don't even know, know the he's man. He's a teacher. We don't I know him, don't but he's, know the man. He presented himself know as know a teacher <laughs> to
0: us. This gentleman's name is Michael Zarzicki. He's a guy. He lives on Long Island. He's a high school teacher. He wrote to us. He listens to the podcast. He said, I, I, I I would like to use an episode of Open Weekend. <laughs> you were going to go with
3: Cosby as soon as you started the sentence. I want to educate the children
0: about the podcasting and the film criticism, you see. In light of
3: recent revelations concerning Bill Cosby, King World Productions has chosen to omit him from this rebroadcast. We rejoin the show after Mr. Cosby's segment. That's, see, again,
0: every reference, these kids are going to be like, what is that? Isn't that the guy in jail? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That guy's in jail. And and deservedly so. I can't speak. So, hey, 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 hey. Um, Yeah. So, Michael reached out. He enjoyed the podcast, uh, wanted to use it uh, in his uh, classroom uh, to uh, discuss with his students not only film criticism, but also podcasting as uh, its own art form. Uh, he suggested uh, an opening weekend to us that had not been in the mix uh, prior to this. Uh, it was the weekend of March 9th. 1990. Um, and uh, if anybody uh, heard our most recent episode, you know, I, I tend to not place uh, years too close together. We jump around on the calendar. Last year, though, we did do A, uh, a 1989 episode looking at another Tom Hanks movie, The Burbs, as well as Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and the ponytail epic, True Believer. Um, (laughs) but we are. uh, Last week, not last year. Last week. Did I say last year? You said last year. It felt like like it was a year ago. It it felt, it felt so long ago. Um, (laughs) so yes, so we're, uh, so we're going back to March 9th, 1990 at Michael's request to look at two movies, uh, Joe Versus the Volcano, uh, a Tom Hanks film uh, written and directed by the playwright John Patrick Shanley, who also wrote our beloved Moonstruck. And the film House Party, starring the rappers Kid and Play, as well as comedian Robin Harris, uh, and uh, Martin Lawrence. And Tisha Campbell, Martin Lawrence, probably the most famous uh alum of House Party, but uh but the film also prominently features the woman who went on to play his wife on his sitcom in the when was that on? The nineties, early aughts, Martin? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Anyway, these two films came out on March 9th. Michael is uh I think he's a fan of both of them. I know he has strong positive But he's a fan of both for- kid and play? Oh, no, no. I, we'll both I get to only, it. Only play. He I only, only enjoy play. He's only, He's only, not. only play. enjoy play. There's something wrong with you. If you <gasps> watch that movie and, you, and your takeaway is, the play really has something. Spending, something going on? <laughs> and, but this
3: kid, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something wrong with you. The
0: volcano. Eh.
3: Eh. Joe. Love Joe, I'm with it.
0: You son of a bitch.
3: But before we
0: dive into this week's films, Fred and Dan, where were you? In March of 1990, you see, part of this part of what this podcast is cannot be relatable to a young person right now because it's no. about nostalgia. It's about looking back on your youth, and you guys are living your youth right now, and you're enjoying it. And uh, well, not while you're listening to this or doing anything, <laughs> doing anything associated enjoying with Mr. Mr. Zicky's class.
3: But you son of a bitch.
0: But. You're living your life right now. We, as old decrepit shells, are (laughs) looking back (laughs) on our life and our youth. Um...
3: It's long gone.
0: <laughs> and uh, and what we do each episode is we look back to where we were and what we remember about the time that the the movies we talk about uh, were released. Maybe we've seen the films and love them and have fond memories. Maybe we've never seen them before. And this is our first time just arbitrarily saying, we're going to watch whatever came out on such and such a weekend, but we can always, well, Fred and I can't, Dan needs help, but we can mm-hmm. always kind of Trace back where we were, what we were doing, and uh, and and see how where we were in our lives uh, provides context for uh, the films we saw and how we felt about them. So. Now that I've given that tutorial, Dan, do you remember? Wow. Now you've had. I've given you some runway here, Dan, to think about where you yes. were in 1990, who you were, where you were living. Yeah, you, you can't
2: do the song. confused face, Dan that you normally do because you. No, the only about.
3: thing that's going through my head is the beginning of that that song. There used to be okay, <laughs> children. There used to be a yes, the Bruno song. <laughs> but children, there used to be a band. They're still alive. Three of them. <laughs> Called the called the called the rolling stones <laughs> and the rolling stones had a song that goes yakaka binga boo no, and it no, starts no it with, doesn't no rolling stone song no. goes da, binga boo yes it does <laughs> and <No. laughs> don't pay attention fred and the, it begins with what a drag it is getting old. That came on the radio the other day, I started to cry. Oh no! No, I didn't start to cry. I I was like, the you what a way to crying. start. It. What a. <laughs> st- <laughs> I said, what a way to start a song. What a drag it is getting old. Here are these four young whippersnappers saying, what a drag it is going. I was old. like, the, the Who. Song. I
2: hope I die before I get old.
3: But that's yeah, the we're thing we're still you know? kicking. Here we are. Yeah, we're still we're still doing it, and and I think one part of the reason this podcast came out of the COVID, right? Yeah, and you have to realize, children, that <laughs> this was when we were when we were your age, that this was our we didn't have. Yes, you had cable, and maybe you had a VCR or a video store, but it was different. It was just different. There was no we didn't have all the with the on demand and the HD and the four K and the <laughs> hoo hoo. We could we had to literally we had to physically go to a place where a movie was was playing and go see it. And it was a shared experience. So we are uh, depressed now and because we can't do that anymore. I still have not been to the movies. See, you been, need to go now. We you got to go. go. Yeah, the it'll make you feel wanna better. Go. She does not want to go. Oh, she, she doesn't want. She's afraid. She really won't go. Yeah. I'm not gonna go by myself. You know, I'm not me to throw her under the bus. But I, I go I'm by gonna... myself all the time. Me too. Oh, well, maybe. Well,
0: I will.
2: Have I? I haven't gone since now. But before the pandemic, I would go by myself. I just haven't had the chance to. I've gone.
0: A,
3: yeah, I've gone yeah. a few times. I no, want go. It is good
0: going. No, back. I want to go, and I know
3: it's. And I know, but this is the thing. It's gonna. I know it's gonna be emotional, and so it has to be. You know, I'm not going to go for the next, uh, the newest, you know, Rosie Jackass. O'Donnell movie. I'm <laughs> going to go for. Is, go is for Rosie O'Donnell making too many movies these days? I hope, I hope so.
2: So it's a free country. I'm a person. Where what Listen, were you doing in 1990, Dan?
3: When the, so you're when avoiding. The,
2: again, this is what we talked about last episode. When Dan doesn't want to talk about something emotional, he veers uh, off yeah. to something else. And he Listen talks to, something to me right me now. now.
3: Mr. Not. Zarzycki or Monsieur Zarzycki, when he teaches French, <laughs> he <laughs> to, <laughs> mandated us to tell us to say something about how and the why and the what and the who. Yeah, we'll get there. I was going to get that later. Oh, we're going to do it later. Oh, I I mean, you figured that we go since he doesn't want us talking about ninety percent of
0: the other stuff we talk about. I figured we'd fill in. (laughs) We would caulk the podcast. Jesus, wow! Not caulk. C a u l k. Wow. Filling Uh, in the gaps. gaps. That's what she said.
2: That's my joke. Damn it, Dwight.
0: I understand. Um, but But you're right. But going to the movies was a big part of. Your life in 1990, right? It was a big the, part well, of mine. You were working
3: part, at the theater, right? Working at a movie theater, A, at the Movie City, Movie City 6. And number two, I was the, like you, Jason, We are. Uh, it mm-hmm. uh, is so eye-opening to me how how similar our three childhoods were in, in some ways. I was the movie reviewer. This was the year I became the movie reviewer for our school newspaper, The Torch at JFK, jail for kids in, uh, in <laughs> Islam, New Jersey. And we... Uh, and I would, you know, I also did. And this was, you know, of course, the advent. My my sister was working at Blockbuster Video. So around this time of the advent of the video stores, we've talked about that a lot on the mm-hmm. podcast. Children, you had to physically go and get a movie. You physically go <laughs> and get it. Physically. And you had to return it with a certain amount of time. or else my they'd charge you My guess is that you, the, the
2: fact that you keep calling them children is just angering them more and more and more. And they've just, by this point, they've turned off the podcast.
0: No, but they have to listen
3: for credit. So keep going then. They can't not listen. The children today need to understand something. <laughs> oh my God. You can't just take out a phone and watch Joe versus Volcano on it. I mean, you can now, <laughs> but you couldn't then. A phone had a cord and maybe if it was if someone called... It was, you know, the doctor or a relative that <laughs> <you'd> doctor. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to talk to. The only you time phone calls came through was when it was a doctor. <laughs> Possibly a doc- possibly someone, co- someone confirming an appointment and saying, You have an eye doctor this
0: weekend. Fabulous. I'll be there. You're, you're only seeing things through the prism of your decrepitude, your current decrepitude. People are always calling to ask
3: about your colon's health. That's literally all the call. the only calls I get that aren't robocalls yes, is when- a doctor saying, You know, you have a thing this weekend, oh, right? No. <laughs> You know, you can't miss this. But those That's are the calls get. you're
2: getting back in 1990.
3: Those were the, no, back in 1990, here's what I was doing. I'm going over to the video store to get, you know, I'm, I'm telling my sister, hey, bring home this movie, that movie. Oh, this is out now. Bring this home. I'm also working at the movie theater and seeing all the new stuff, not either of these movies, um, but <laughs> uh, I, although I did see House Party and I just don't, I don't, I, I was don't shocked at how, how much, of it I didn't remember it, but I know I saw it. Um, and I'm writing the reviews for the school newspaper, but not of the movies that are out of movies that I thought the kids should see oh, right. like Amadeus, you know, stuff no that was kid, on video that they could yes, rent like no older kid's going right? to rent on my goddamn Deus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it makes you look smart. There you go. That's, That's all it. I wanted was that was Mrs. Bloom. God bless her. The wonderful English teacher, Mrs. Bloom, who ran the school newspaper and. Directed the school plays every year. She was the one who was like, yeah, you can do video reviews, re- video rental reviews, you know. So I'm putting in, you know, uh, every time we say goodbye, which is another Tom Hanks movie that no oh, one wow. saw or cared about. <laughs> I've you know, not heard of it. <laughs> I know. It's a, like a war movie. And, and uh, you oh, know, okay. and, and I'm, you know, putting things in there that no one, no one has cared about. And. The other thing is I'm gently easing the torch, the school newspaper, easing it to the left. That's what she said.
2: That's my joke. Damn it, Dwight. Jeez.
3: Because I start also writing feature articles. I'm about to become the editor. I'm, I'm going to be the new editor of it, uh, of the school newspaper. What, so I'm, what, was I'm, it a far right-leaning paper say, before it, you it, it go Was over? it Breitbart? <laughs> it was pretty down the middle. But then I write a an extended thing, like anti the death penalty, only because I had seen... Uh, the Thin Blue Line, the documentary, The Thin Blue oh, Line. Cool. And I was like, oh, this is interesting because Roger Ebert said it was amazing. So I, so I rented that and watched it and I was like, yeah, we have to get rid of the death penalty. It doesn't make sense anymore. People mm. are, innocent people are getting killed in jails. And so I wrote a thing. And then like your story last week, Jason, someone else wrote a rebuttal oh, and wow. it was the daughter of the football coach and she wrote a rebuttal and I printed it. You know why? Cause I, so both sides I Good take it both sides you. I said I will print that I disagree with balanced. everything in it but I will print it yeah and that's how I became fair and balanced and we changed the name from the torch to fox news no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then and
0: then uh, a year later when that uh, girl's father went to jail for multiple murders but, <laughs> but escaped the chair you were like God. now i see she had an agenda <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm I'm pretty impressed, Dan. I was like running around you. trying
3: to get rush tickets. You were d- d- changing the world. I should have been more like you, Fred. That's the only thing I've learned from this podcast. I should have been a little more Fred, a little more Jason, a little more country, a little more rock and roll. I should have been a little more and a little less because you guys had awesome uh, childhoods as I, as you know, we're discovering that Fred's
0: was much more. Much cooler and much more enviable. Yeah,
3: what but we said uh, on day one
0: of this podcast, Fred was the cool kid. You yeah. we were the dork. He was not really cool. at all. Not at Compared all. Compared to us, just in relation to us, oh, you were I cool. don't know
3: about that. You
2: but you had a really it sounded like you had a really lovely high school experience, Jason. You always talked about it. That. So you very did true. great.
0: No, I, I loved high school. I loved uh yeah. But you yeah. weren't
2: in it, you were out of high school at this point.
0: Yeah. At this point I was, it was my second semester at Hofstra. Yeah. It was, I was, I was in college at Hofstra university where I met these fine gentlemen low these many years ago, uh, kids and, uh, these yeah, kids probably I doing, know about
3: Hofstra if they're Long Islanders. They must know about they it. Might, yeah.
0: They may, yeah, some of them may be uh some, some of them may be opening their acceptance letters right now. <gasps> well that's
2: what I was thinking of. That well, this that's for was, you, that's what was happening. For me, you this right was now, the time right? or or mostly rejection letters. But yeah, <laughs> this was this was the time when right yeah you know you, you have to start making those decisions. Spring when, of you know,
3: senior year for you. Where yeah. else were you looking, Fred? Were you, did you look at an Adelphi or a CW Post?
2: No, 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 no. no. I uh, this was actually sorry, I didn't mean to to to, no, to okay. cut you off there, no, Jason. No, no. You just no. that, but it remi- I, I was I was thinking about that. I'm like, what was what was I doing now? Well, there's one thing I I did that uh, we can oh, talk
0: about. Oh, and I, when no. I say I mean
2: I did. I did you'd, you'd, something. Now, now Fred. I, I'm kids. air He's quoting now. He,
0: he lost his virginity in March no, of Now,
2: these kids I did today. did something.
0: These kids For today. the first time around this time, oh, I believe. Good for you. Yeah, we've never talked about that. How have we never right. talked about the loss of innocence on this The podcast? loss of innocence
2: in the back of my mom's station wagon on top oh. of Nora Francis Connie's coat. And we're going to leave it. <sighs>
3: There, oh, say wow. the thing yeah. you just said, it was on Aunt Nora and Connie Francis's coat. <laughs> what, did what did you say? You That's say? not what I said, but I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> on top of God. Aunt Nora and Connie Francis's coats,
0: like <laughs> in the back seat, like Aunt Nora, move over, move <laughs> over. But I'm protecting Connie Francis's coat.
3: <laughs> I'm surprised Fred's parents knew Connie Francis <laughs> <laughs> personally.
2: No, I had a friend, Nora Francis Connie, lovely woman. She had lent the, uh, the woman who I was, the young woman that I was with her coat. And, uh, we were, (laughs) you remember the coat,
0: that is
3: something
2: and things, things happen as they do
3: Sandy know what was happening in the back of the seat. Were they driving? during this? They they were driving me to Hebrew school.
2: (laughs) No, this was an exchange program of fluids. You damn (laughs) (laughs) right.
3: You read my mind. You read
1: my mind.
3: Exchange program of fluids. It's got to stay
0: in. I
2: was in a theater repertory class uh We had a rep, we had a rep company in our, in our school, which was amazing. And we would travel to other schools. And this year we went to, uh, no, we went to St. Louis, and then they came here to New York. I don't remember who went where first, but I met a young woman from St. Louis. She fancied me. I fancied her. Oh. Things happened. Nora Francis Connie's coat was involved. A station wagon was involved, and then I thought it was going to be the beginning of my my first big long distance romance. And and she, and I was just telling the story the other day to some friends. She. She broke up with me over the phone. She was she was a she was a few years younger than me. I mean she was a big new kids on the block fan, I remember. Oh, that that can't, was a point of, yeah, that that a point of consternation.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> uh, but stand. I always
2: remember we were I was I was in my bedroom and I was I convinced my parents to buy me a ticket to go out to visit her. And so I was we were about to get the 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 plane ticket. And I was calling her to tell her this oh And boy. I could tell that there was some You know that there was a uh, bit of uncertainty In her voice and I was like what do you not want me to come Do you not want me to oh come boy. And I always remember this because Michael Penn's song No Myth was playing In the background and because there's <laughs> Michael a line, Penn
0: not Mike Pence it sounded like not you Mike said Pence. Mike Pence
3: <laughs> No <laughs> Michael <laughs> Penn <laughs> Although he is A really good singer yeah. People Don't give him credit Oh
2: let the mic. But there's a line in the song where it was, uh, we, we said goodbye before hello. And I remember hearing that line as we're talking, I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, the song is, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the song and it's happening. And she was basically saying that she met someone else and maybe I shouldn't come. And I always remember, she said her mom was calling her in the background and she went, uh, And you know, this seems like something. You know, we're going to be talking about like a teen sex comedy in a little bit, and this seems something out of like a teen movie. Mm -hmm. Because she said, "I'm sorry, Fred, I have to let you go." And I said, "You already did." Oh, at which point I hung up my Opus phone. My phone was shaped like Opus the Penguin from Bloom County, (laughs) and I hung it up just like that. And it was so cool, Fred. I have to let you go. You already have click, and for uh, uh, for five seconds. I felt so cool and like yeah, I fucking nailed that. I did ex- yes. That was perfect. That was like the movie scene that I always wanted to be a part of. And then 15 Jeez. seconds Cheers. later, I was
1: like
3: But the you know I I don't know if uh, you know the students know this, but the guy she started seeing, a guy named Mike Zarziki. <laughs> He lived in St. Louis for a brief period in the 90s. And this podcast
2: is a revenge. So students, rise up against your teacher.
0: <laughs> Revolt!
3: Take down Zaziki.
0: you must! <laughs> Take back what is yours, Gotham! <laughs>
3: Opus, opus, opus Make this your magnum opus, students I'm sorry And when
0: the streets run red With Ziziki's blood we...
2: Oh my god And then I got rejected from a bunch of colleges So there you go
0: uh,
3: But then you got into Hofstra I got into Hofstra, You're right, Hofstra where
0: I was doing my first ever Shakespeare play Right now I was doing Othello Oh, with Dr. Richard Mason, our beloved Dr. Richard Mason, my first ever Shakespeare play. I was so frightened. I didn't want to do it. I was like, how did I get myself into this thing? I was, uh, I was enjoying college. Mm -hmm. It was the first semester was very, very lonely. And then Mm -hmm. towards the end of the first semester, I went to this thing on Wednesday nights in the little theater, the Spiegel Theater. The whole department would get together. The drama department would get together. And there was a. They called it the, uh, the cabaret, and it was named for the uh, the Alpha Psi Omega cabaret. That's the theater um, uh, fraternity, and people could get up and do anything, sing a song. Yeah, you know, play an instrument, tell a story, do a scene from something. I did stand up comedy in high school. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to do stand up comedy here at my new college for these new people. And it was very, very frightening, mm-hmm. but it went well the first time. And you then I just met, a, I did. I killed and I, and, and just you made a I don't remember what my opener was from, from then. But What's I do, the deal but,
2: with colleges? <laughs> but so I do that. I remember, <laughs> but
0: I remember, well, as you know, I did, uh, Gene Shallot uh, by, by request and it was more successful at, uh, at Cabaret then You started that? You did Gene Shallot?
2: You, your first stand-up? Back then? At, at Austria. You I did Gene by request? I think I probably
0: did, yeah. I You're did kidding. Because Jean- I did all sorts of, like, movie-related material and TV-related material and did impressions and stuff. I um, didn't you realize you were doing shallot back then. That's amazing. I did. Well, because that was—Fred uh, talked about this. Didn't you talk about it on an episode? Yes. Yes. Yes, You're, I think that's that, how it
2: all that's how Shallit was introduced for the for the for the the, the younger generation that's listening Gene yeah. Shallot, it was as it was a movie critic uh who had very uh, on, pithy the reviews, on, on, on the, the today show on the today show for
0: many years But he's funny because he has this crazy hair and this big, ridiculous mustache and he had a crazy voice and he his movie reviews were basically just bad puns for the most part. And, you know, very quick soundbite things that played well on TV. And he just had a look about him that, you know, just made him a kind of dynamic character. But there's something about him and the way he reviewed movies that's just so eminently Poke funnable. It's just easy to make <laughs> fun Star of him. Star
2: Wars more like Star Bores. Yeah, exactly. Shit like that. that
0: kind of a. <laughs> thing, <so. laughs> So I, I do an impression of him almost weekly on this <laughs> podcast, but <Yeah. laughs> it started by making, fun, he was somebody that we, in our youth, everybody knew him. Everybody knew like there were like the handful of movie critics that TV movie critics that people were familiar with. And he was kind of the most ridiculous in his way. And so I would do impressions of him in my stand-up act. And there was one time I took, <laughs> took requests from the audience and, Who was it who thought who was like I? Great, I'll never forget when I thought I had you stumped with uh, the title Europa Europa. I said (gasps) try to try to review Europa Europa, the foreign film. I remember that. Yeah, and I just said you can tie me up with Europa Europa any day. I loved it. Um, But anyway, so I did stand up there and then. But what I'm saying, my point is, I remember that first night. It was like all of a sudden and I'm sure you guys both felt this too exponentially my f- friend base in college increased. Cause all of a sudden I knew, I, you know, like people had context for who I was. They were like, Oh, that was funny." You know, I just met so many people that one night and it kind of changed, you know, just changed my life in college. All of a sudden I went from like eating a dozen donuts by myself in, the, in mm-hmm. my dorm room to, uh, to eating a dozen donuts with friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, That was a cool thing too about, Uh, uh, I mean, you
2: didn't, but you could go into college. You could sort of reinvent yourself as well.
3: Well, this is what I want Mike Zarzicki's students to understand. You, it all, nothing in high school matters. Here's what happens. You, you, you find a new community when you get to college or when you get to whatever's next for you, you know, and, and you, that hopefully that community, you know, embraces you and everything. But that's, that was certainly, you know. This story, what you just described, Fred and Jason, was the story, you know, for me of, of like, hey, you, you, you know, you, you can uh, reinvent yourself in a way. Now is now the part where we're supposed to say how a podcast happens and what it is and who it is. Oh, I say no. we
2: save that for later. So we we put for it a later. Let's not let's not okay. jump into the volcano just yet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see what uh-huh. you are okay. right there. Oh. Let's not jump just
0: yet. Joe versus the volcano. Once upon a time, in the middle of a deep, dark factory, an average Joe Joe Banks lived a very boring life. Good morning, Dee Dee. Hi,
1: Joe. What's with the
0: shoe? Losing my soul. Yeah. Until one day, he found
3: out his life was over. I'm not sick except for this terminal disease. That's right. You have some time left, Mr. Banks. Live it well. And that's... Joe Banks? ...when his adventure began. You and I might be able to help each other. I want to hire you to jump into a volcano. Joe Banks, played by
0: Tom Hanks, who gives thanks while wearing spanks, is dying, <laughs> apparently, according to a mysterious doctor played by Robert Stack. On the upside, a strange millionaire played by Lloyd Bridges offers Joe a way to die with dignity by hurling himself into a volcano flush with plenty of spending cash and all the luggage a person could ever hope to need, Joe embarks on an absurdist journey to his demise trying to puzzle out the meaning of existence while being guided by two very different sisters, both played by an excellent Meg Ryan who also takes on a third character in Joe's sniffling, New York accented co-worker. Written by acclaimed playwright and first time director John Patrick Shanley, Joe versus the Volcano divided critics and was considered something of a flop even though it earned nearly $40 million in theaters after a $9.2 million opening weekend. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think about Michael Zarzicki's favorite film? (gasps) So see how that colors things for you. (laughs) Joe
3: versus the Volcano. (laughs) Now it's all starting to make sense that this is his favorite film. Is it his favorite film? Uh, He he did say in his email to us. He said it
0: is a film he loves and returns to very often. There I, I know quite a few people genre. who consider this one of their favorites, <clears throat> actually. Yeah. I've, I, you know, as I was looking, I, I'm not going to, no, Dan, tell me what you thought of it, but I do, when mm-hmm. I say it dividing critics, it also seems to divide audiences a lot, yeah. too. I think people do find, really tap into something with this and, and many
3: people. Yeah. I mean, it. you can see why, you know, you can see why right away. You kind of, the whole movie, I'm going, Oh yeah, I can yeah, I get yeah, this is yeah, I'm with I yeah, I yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I can yes. And then the half of the movie you're also going, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. you're kinda of doing that. I appreciate here's the thing. I appreciate that this movie is taking shots, it's taking stabs, it's taking yeah. what it's taking a lot of Hail Mary passes and it's going, ah, we're gonna we're gonna go this direction full on stylistically. And we're not going to stop. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to pull back. And it, there are moments in this that really land and are really beautiful and beautifully done. The moment where he looks at the moon and oh, goes and, and looks up and goes, thank you for my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Hanks, as he did in the burbs, as he does in everything, in he's everything. full freight. He's not, he gets what this movie is. It's like, I just have to go for this. You know, it is, it is a, it's an odyssey. Right, it is. A, it is a long. It is a long. Uh, uh, the hero's of his journey. Life. Yeah, it it is. It kind of is. But the things that don't work didn't not work enough for me to dislike it or to not recommend it. I think it should be. I think it should be seen because it's taken such big, big, big shots. You mm-hmm. know, and I I enjoyed enough of it. Did I tune out? You know, in the Lloyd Bridges scene, absolutely. I didn't know I didn't quite know, you know, what was why that, I needed liked to go that on scene. For, oh, I like that scene. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't know why I needed to go as long as it did. But but, you know, and, and I tuned out at some other parts. You know, once we get to Abe and Nathan Lane land, you know, Holy we we, we have some we have some issues there that don't that, that make this a twenty twenty-two movie that you have to kind of bracket around, okay, this is uh we're we're edging <laughs> right. towards things that are really problematic here. But I understand understand that in night, you know, why in 1989 or 90, whenever they made it, you know, that 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 this was more, mm, I guess, deemed acceptable. Uh, but it would of course it wouldn't fly today. And that's the way that the Pacific Islanders are uh, uh portrayed. And and it's 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 insensitive, but um, you know, uh, uh, I back think that then. might have been
2: almost been by design, though. No, it, it maybe i maybe is. I'm giving. Oh no, maybe Fred, I'm giving it, it too much credit. But I think that's the idea. Is by
3: design. It reminds me of this the the play Peter and the Star Catcher. You know where yes, they where, where yes. they yeah where they navigate those same waters, but much more deftly. Abe go' kind of in brown face here. Yes, right? you know the parts of his face that aren't. Oh, in I didn't other think he was. Color. Yeah. I don't he think, is. I don't, I don't think he, they went
2: that way with it. Yes, they do, Fred. They he, did? he and, he and
3: Nathan Lane like, in the yeah. parts of their face that aren't colored with with red and white and orange makeup are are have darkened their. Oh, I didn't skin. notice like, like that. Spray okay. tanned and yeah, kind huh, of they've spray, and exactly. They've spray tanned and that and that's you know that's an issue today, obviously, right? It was an issue back then. It's not that it wasn't an issue, but it wasn't. You didn't get the notice that it would have gone today. So so things like that don't. Track and don't don't carry anymore. That here's an easy way to say it: you make this movie today, you do it very differently. Are you Joe Banks? Fuck off. Now that being said, I still think it's recommendable. I th- still think it's a great journey. I love all the stuff with Dan Hidayah, who's a goddamn genius. <sighs> All of that is Uh, uh, The
0: beginning is the strongest part of the movie in my opinion
3: It's terrific It's It's great His
2: his monologue or dialogue on the phone Where he just keeps repeating the same line I'm not arguing that with you I'm not arguing that with you, Harry Harry, Harry Yeah, Harry, but can he do the job? I know he can get the job What can he do to the job? I'm not arguing that with you. Harry, I am not arguing that with you. That was amazing. That was like, that was virtuosic, I thought. Just how it was written. You know, it's so funny. This was written by John Patrick Shanley. It it made me think more, it, it almost seemed more like a John Guare. Yeah, play to me like House of right. Blue Leaves or Marco yes. Polo sings a solo or something where it, I mean it really
3: tilts into the absurd yeah. and that that opening especially but the fact it's that he's satirical it's all it's yeah. all it's all sp- spoofing and satire satirizing you know those aspects of, of life that are that are miserable and so he cast the most miserable actor in the world D- Dan Hidea, who's brilliant but not even
2: satirical no. but almost to the point of absurdism no it's no almost question. like yeah. Ionesco like just yes. him saying yes. the same three lines yep. over and over again for a lot, an extended, <laughs> extended conversation. It was every amazing. time he
3: says it, it's
0: different. It's brilliant. Yeah. He, here's yeah. the thing about, I Just one, I mean, we've said it. John Patrick Shanley is a renowned playwright. Yeah. He has written some fantastic screenplays, especially for Moonstruck, a movie we love very, very deeply. Mm-hmm. He had never made a film before. He was not a film director. So that's part of the thing with this movie is that it's a first time director. Yeah. It's a very accomplished writer, but a first time film director. So I think tonally this thing is all over the place. I think the beginning of the movie bears no resemblance to the second quarter of the movie or the third quarter or the final. It's feels very disjointed to me,
2: which I sort of like, yeah,
0: but I I can see why that would put you off. I think I don't, I think the later parts are not as successful. I think it hits a point by the, when they get on the boat and when Meg Ryan, uh, enters her third character, which is the yeah. most Meg Ryan-y character, yes. the one that's herself. That's where the movie kind of loses me, and I stay I lost. Agree. When she, her second character, the redhead, the sister, is Terrific. so fucking good. Yeah. I, like, I thought because I thought I was like I kept looking at her. I was like, is that Meg? Is that Meg Ryan?
3: Yeah. I've never seen yeah. her do something She's like very that. Very comical. Like, yeah.
1: Hi, are you Joe Banks?
3: Yeah. Who are
1: you? I'm the daughter of the guy who hired you, Angelica Oh,
2: uh, It's nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you. Daddy told me to tell you that I don't know what he hired you for and not to tell me that I'm totally untrustworthy. I'm a flipper to gibbet.
0: I, I, I think she found depth in all three. Car- I, I think she's my favorite thing about the movie is her. Performances, But when she becomes you, I love Ryan you. with a capital M and a capital R, I'm, <laughs> I'm less interested. But the opening is very strong. My overall point was that it's like it's a it's a playwright who is making a movie for the first time and directing one. And I think this script would probably work better as a play or that the uh, what he's doing would work better as a play than it does as a film. But you can't do most of the things that this play, this script would ask except on film. So that's there's something disjointed just in the very nature of bringing this piece of art to life because of who he. I think if he had handed it over to a director,
3: I, I, right. I kept thinking that this was um The Coen brothers I kept
0: thinking of in the beginning. Coen brothers would be fantastic. Very
3: much so. It's like Barton Fink, yeah.
0: I thought even Guillermo del Toro or an Ang Lee or something, especially when they get to the the later sections of the film, I thought they have a a kind of absurdist visual style and sense of humor that could have really uh, elevated the film. I just think he was – I thought the strongest parts were the beginning, the dystopian kind of – black comedy. It's very like the, the, Kafka-esque. That, that, very yeah. Kafka-esque. And, yeah. and, you know, the production design was by Bo Welch, who was a big Tim Burton production oh, designer. I, I was like thinking this. Tim Burton, that too, in the sense. beginning. Yeah, there's, there's that kind of great moment where you see the monot you know the the futility yeah. of uh, it all right when when yeah. the, that, like when jagged path when they have a jagged path instead of walking a straight line to get to the the and factory of the beer. Yes, that yes it does reappear. reappears
3: the, visually throughout the movie in the lightning bolt, in the in, up the mountain. Yeah it's really it's cool. It's the
0: corporate logo I guess for the yes. the for his company and then it's also uh yeah it comes to play throughout the film. So there's great stuff. And I at the beginning I was really excited. I was like, oh my God, you know hidden gems. Right. Then it got too into, then it started, it looked like Pretty Woman or something. else. It just took on too much of a conventional sheen as a movie. It felt like all the style had drained away. And I was like, why why would you go to all the effort of that kind of production design and all that oddness up front if you're just going to let it kind of Mm. disappear 25 minutes into the movie? But I
2: I think that's exactly why, because I agree with you. I I didn't see this movie when it came out. I I missed it. This was, this was exactly, this was like an oddity, very almost exactly what we said last episode about the burbs. This was a movie that obviously like I, I was intrigued by and sort of excited because it was Tom Hanks, but it was like, what is this? I don't know what this is. Right. Yeah. This is a different Tom Hanks that we just saw in Big, and it was and it was just exactly what was in The Burbs. At, like I knew some people who really liked it, and but I, I and other people, but but it got trounced by the critics, and I just never ended up seeing Ebert it. Ebert liked
3: it. Ebert, like, yeah. Ebert loved it. Him. Ebert yeah.
2: loved it. Yeah, and it's become like sort of. A, he had a he had a the Ebert Fest. He has a he had a film festival, and he opened it with this movie. Right. But to your point, Jason, I agree. Watching it, I really like the beginning. I thought the beginning w- was 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 great it was very coen brothers-esque i thought and i i did get a little lost once they got on the boat and meg ryan became a little bit more meg which which she's great at i mean she's she's wonderful in this movie all the way through but maybe you know the the yes the 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 slightly um again i didn't i didn't realize that this the spray painting on you know the spray tan on that so that that colors it you know no nope. oh. uh, no but I mean I, I I didn't get that I didn't notice that and and that does make it very problematic um and it was problematic anyway but what I appreciated once they got there was it suddenly it got back to that sort of yeah. loony, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, it's and it, again. You're right. It, it, it re- I mean, it, it really went, it almost went like Mel Brooksian, yes. you know, with some stuff. Yes. It went crazy. And I was laughing and I was yeah, having I was fun. Too. And I yes. thought, okay, now we're really getting into theater of the absurd <laughs> and this is crazy. And I was enjoying the theatricality of it. Uh, and it was mm. that middle, yeah, it was the middle part on the boat that lost me a little bit. But, Well, I don't know. I was going to say this time you weren't seeing many movies that were taking chances like this, but I, but I, I think I'm incorrect in that, in that assumption because we already had, Uh, because Tim Burton was. Yeah, Tim
3: Burton has taken
2: this. Two Uh,
0: years after Raising Arizona, one year after Beetlejuice. I mean, there are people taking big stylistic swings on film. He's just not, he wasn't, we mentioned both of their, we said the Coen brothers and Tim Burton as people who could have done something interesting with Mm -hmm. this film. It's because it, it's what do you do with the blank check, right? After Moonstruck, <laughs> he kind of gets a blank check there and he's like, go. I want to break into movies. I want to make movies. I think I can. And he can't, you can see it. You can see the promise yeah. that he has, but it doesn't quite, for me, it doesn't quite work. The, the tones don't line up. It, this probably would have fared better in the hands of a more assured filmmaker as opposed to a first-time director. But you never know because it is his vision. And maybe, and that's the thing. He had the blank check. He's like, I'm going to try. It's notable yes. that he doesn't direct another film for 18 years. And then he makes doubt. I think that movie works, you know, Um from what I can remember about it. It was an Oscar yeah. nominee. He, I think he, I don't know if he was nominated for best director, but certainly that fared much better. But it took him a long time before he made another movie as a director. So I think that's part, you can't discount that, he was a novice to the art form. And he went
2: pretty far too. I think if he started off with something like doubt, something a little simpler, you know, but Mm. this is, you know, as much as, as much as I'm watching and thinking, really, this is John Patrick Shanley. It was, it was making me think of so many, you know, all the people we mentioned, like Tim Burton, the Coen brothers, John Ware, Ian like so many different stuff, but it is very, John Patrick Shanley, in that he lives in the world of fairy tales,
0: romantic fable,
2: larger than life theatricality, and it's it,
3: it's fa- this is a fable. This yeah. is yes. a fable. It's a parable. Yeah. And right? Moonstruck yeah. was a fable. Moonstruck, right? yeah. And doubt, he, doubt. The play doubt is actually doubt a parable. You know, yeah. so oh, yes. he, oh, interesting. Right. He, he he lives in these. Oh, I didn't sort know of that morality tales, right? But yes, Moonstruck, certainly mm. Italian-American reconciliation to some degree, yeah. Danny the Deep Blue Sea, this, they're all fables.
2: You know what I kept thinking of? And it's also just by design how it opens. I mean, it opens up, you know, with like, you know, Once Upon a Time, so he's setting up. Yeah. Yes. I kept thinking of Rob Reiner and The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, there oh, you yeah. go. You know, mm-hmm. like, I almost wanted mm-hmm. more of that. I almost wanted it. You had the beginning, it was so stylized, you know, and like that Kafka-esque the gray. And then I, I mm-hmm. wanted more things that looked like it was almost on a set it was like theatrical so like when the moon comes up which is so beautiful it gets
0: too realistic in the middle and then and then when it tries to go back into fantasyville it's a hard turn for me yeah
2: and i sort of wanted more of that princess bride feel of this is very obviously they're on a studio set you know there's matte paintings in the back i don't know if that would have helped it more to set up that idea of this is a fairy tale fable but that's but that, you know listening to the dialogue I kept remi- I was like oh that's that's the John Patrick Shanley because it, it seemed it didn't no make question. sense to me that he wrote and directed it but then hearing it oh no there's so much about yeah. you know obviously the, the moon is one thing but that's his thing that the moon makes people do yeah. It, yeah. It, yes. it, 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 yep. it brings them alive they can do things in the light of the moon that they can't do yeah. you know in, in 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 the bright day
0: yeah, yeah. like Nicholas Cage character in Moonstruck would be very at home in the like he's I always remember we, we've had issues with him in Moonstruck. I think yeah. part of it's him and part of it is the outsizedness of his character compared with the the rest of that cast. But that's a that's a Shanley archetype, right? That kind of big, bold, romantic, poetic figure who's like, uh, operating on a different plane, you know, experiencing yeah. things on a different plane. Uh, yeah, that's all true. That's really true. There is a beautiful shot. And I was like, well, that." You, to your point about m- making it feel more theatrical and more almost leaning into the artificiality um, in terms of production design and stuff. There's that incredible shot, which looks like it's literally just a play being filmed of uh, Meg Ryan at the bow oh, before of the, the typhoon? And that, before the typhoon and that green that's a great shot, that yeah. green light. And the smoke, right. I mean, it, it just looks like a play. It looks like yeah. something out of a Broadway musical.
2: I, even the story, there's something, it, it, there's something so unusual about that. Hey, I'm going to write, you know, th- this is a movie about a guy who's dying and he's yeah. offered the chance to jump into a volcano right yeah. there. That's mm-hmm. not, th- it, it's not the normal cinematic fare you get. So are there missteps on the way? Yes, you're absolutely right, Jason. He's taking shots. He's taking shots. It it, it should have been, I would would love to see this handled by someone else, but I I appreciate what he was trying to do. I appreciated what John Patrick Shanley and Tom Hanks were trying to do with this more than I did with what Joe Dante and Tom Hanks were trying to do in the burbs, they, you know. Speaking Agreed. of Tom Hanks, this 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 is sort of amazing because Tom Hanks, who I know, I'm sure he's listening, is a huge listener. Nah, opening weekend, he, he the must podcast. be thrilled because this must be akin. We did, last episode we did, we talked about him in the burbs. This episode we're talking about him in Joe versus. the this is like this must be akin to like when he won the Oscar <laughs> one year for Philadelphia, and then he won the Oscar the next year for Forrest Gump. He's got to
3: feel as good about this, about this right? About, about that. this back right. to back. So Tom, yeah. if
2: you're listening. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. We love you and you deserve the accolades. Uh, Tom Hanks, 10 Sheilas. What the fuck are you talking about? Girl? Sheila, for those listening for the first time.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Describe.
2: it's a long, it's a long, it's, it, 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 she's, she's, she was our number one super fan and she's gone through a long journey.
0: It's not uh, she's important.
2: It's, it's not <laughs> important, but yet it is. Yet it's like it's Joe versus important. the volcano. It's not important yet. It's the most important thing in the world. It's the but, most important thing. Yeah. Well, but that's what we we've used because she's touched our lives in so many ways. We use her as a rating system.
0: Yes. So yes. that's
2: what we say. We're going to shield it up. And so, it's, and
0: it's a, a scale of, uh, you know, one to zero to 10. I think uh, I'm
2: going six and a half.
3: shields. That's exactly, exactly where I am. Six point five. Yes. <laughs> Chase is not there. He's not there. I was don't be there. That just
0: five. I'm right yeah. down the middle. I down, can't really recommend it, down it because the middle, I don't think sense. it. I I, I do. I I understand everything you guys are saying. I there was a point when I got actively frustrated with the movie, and it was a point of no return. So I'm right down the middle. I'm so sorry, Michael. I know how much you love it. I'm glad the guys are recommending it, but I'm a five. I'm I can neither recommend nor Listen, say that you shouldn't see you,
2: it. You'd stick with your shield account. it ain't gonna hurt nobody I know you didn't think that this movie was too hype, but you do this your way. I'll do this my way, and I don't mind getting funky with Joe versus the volcano or I don't mind rolling with kid and play, oh. As I stare at my Spotify playlist of all the kid and play
0: songs. I
3: can't, I would love to I don't know what he's trying to segue into. No (laughs) one understands what Fred's doing right now. I don't know what this is. Oh, wait, house
0: party, the other one.
3: Ah, (laughs) house party.
0: If my pops finds out I got in trouble in school today, I'm definitely going to be on punishment.
3: Uh, there's a party tonight at Peter's house. Can I go? You're not going nowhere. Every little step you take will be around this bedroom tonight. Did you hear
1: anything about a party tonight? <laughs> uh-uh, at least not any good ones. The two finest women in here. Now, how could a man
0: choose?
2: He better choose right. Okay, so where, where on I way to? The house party. What?
0: The house party. Jay ain't going to that damn party. That's all to it. I don't give a damn what you
3: say. Wanna make me a social misfit.
0: One rapper named Kid goes to a party at another rapper named Play's house. Directed by Reginald Hudlin and also starring Tisha Campbell, Martin Lawrence, and the late great comedian Robin Harris, the low-budgeted House Party quickly became one of the most profitable films in Studio New Line Cinema's history and went on to spawn three sequels over the decade that followed. House Party made $4.6 million over its opening weekend on its way to a domestic box office of $26.4 million. Fred and Dan, what would you guys think of House Party?
2: Well, I'll tell you. As you guys know, I'm not a, a huge hip-hop fan. I'm not a fan of the genre, really. I don't what, know what, what I was more, especially around this time. I So I had no interest in seeing this movie. I did not see it when it came mm-hmm. out uh, because I was listening to my my Rushes and my Led Zeppelins and my Iron Maidens, and this just seemed— a little Tom
3: Sawyer. Take us through a little bit of the Mind movie. And they lie
2: a kid and play. They're going to have a house party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not it at all. <laughs> Uh, so uh, maybe I should be listening to Kid and Play because that really I did I did not sell Rush well at all that with that. Cr- wow, that was great. Cr- I wasn't into. I had no urge to see this movie right. because it wasn't it wasn't my world, ah. and they seemed like a novelty act to me too. Even in the hip hop world, yes. they seemed like a novelty act. It was like the carrot top of of hip hop, <laughs> and with the hair, I was like, ah, oh, it's the guy with yeah. it's the guy with the hair. Hmm. So I went my entire life, not seeing it, not caring about it, not understanding what the, I was like, oh, there's more sequels. I, whatever. So I watched it for the first time a couple of nights ago. And first of all, I was excited because I know Reginald Hudlin from, he wrote a very uh, famous Black Panther run in in comics. That's where I knew him from. I was like, oh, shit, that's the guy who wrote Black Panther. Awesome. Yeah. He had a, he had a long run of it. Uh, And he's written, written a few other comics for Marvel, I believe. Maybe DC, but I definitely know for Marvel. I, 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 I was <laughs> sort of blown away by this movie. I, this movie, and I, I had a long conversation with, with my friend L. Steven the other day about it. Cause I asked him, I said, did you, did you see this movie growing up? Cause it really, mm-hmm. what, what dawned to me watching it, I think this movie is really important in terms yeah. of of what it is mm-hmm. and when it came out the opening shot alone <laughs> as soon as it started i said i was like i know what this movie is i know what this is because it opens it's like a dream yeah. it's a dream like shot mm-hmm. going into this this into a party of just black teenagers dancing and enjoying themselves and it's you are floating through and it's like it's it's dreamlike and it's drawing you into this like mysterious world. It's saying, come on in, come on in. And then the roof is blown off yes. and it goes into the stars and the skies and right off the bat, I'm going, oh my God. Okay. I think I, I think I know what this is and I hope I'm right. And I think I was. And is it a perfect movie? Is it, is it the great acting in it? Not really. There's some really There's fun some performances. Really... There's some really good performances. Yeah. There's some, you know, really great film work. There's some not so great film work. It's not, but it was not at all what I expected. Mm. This was a teen sex comedy for black teenagers and that's it. And it was unapologetically so. And we're coming from a place, and one of the reasons why I didn't see this movie, and no, I'm coming from a place of white suburbia where right. all I know are John Hughes movies. And I'm <laughs> going, and I'm thinking, about it, I'm going through my head, I'm going, is there one black character in a John Hughes film? Mm. I can't think of one. There's a mm. lot of racial stereotypes. Yeah,
0: wow. You know, the only black but, character in a John Hughes film is when Anthony Michael Hall plays one. Oh,
1: yeah. In, in weird science. science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When oh, they go that's to the what I mean. yeah, play, yeah, yeah, And he
0: just does a, you know, you, you can remember my yeah. vitriol. It's <laughs> like that's that's the blackest character we've ever seen in John yeah. Hughes film is Anthony Michael Hall doing a, an impression. You're exactly right. People. So yeah. that's
2: all not my not just myself, but what a good portion of America Mm-hmm. is thinking of the teen sex comedy. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And so it's funny, I was talking to my friend Al Steven about this and I'm like, what'd you think of the, you know, wh- what was your experience watching the movie? He's like, eh, it, was, it was okay. And, but I'm like, yeah, and, and I'm going off be like, but oh my God, this is like a world I didn't know about and I loved it and I'm, I'm raving about it. And he's going, I mean, yeah, but that's the world that I grew up in. Right. Like I knew about mm-hmm. it. Like this, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed to see this. Mm-hmm. when i was a kid you know when yes. i was younger but i, wish I, I had was, i seen it when I was, yeah when i i
0: really really enjoyed it yeah and it's the it's the dynamics of the relationship that's what i think is great yeah it's not like amazing acting anywhere but it's actually lovely like a lot of the 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 two-hander scenes are really really gorgeous lovely i yeah. think kid uh the uh, now what is kid's Actual name, kid and play. Let's just
2: keep him as kid. Let's just just keep
0: him as kid because that's how we know him. But I I think his name might be Christopher Martin. They're both named Christopher. They're both named Christopher, Christopher, right?
3: Um, Yeah, and they are uh, um, Christopher Reed is kid and Christopher Martin is play. Christopher Reed, but kid, it's
0: just easier to go by. Uh, Kid, I think he's especially good, especially not only does he just have such a, there's something so, uh, not just the hairstyle, but there's something about... um, there's something very uh, dynamic about him as a performer, and he just mm-hmm. kind of he pops on screen uh, in a really interesting way. And his scenes with Tisha Campbell are beautiful. The they're scenes gorgeous. with his That's dad the best scene are the wonderful. Movie. The yeah. scenes with the yeah. dad are yeah. great. The dad, yeah. yeah. the so, so funny, yeah. really funny. Um, uh, they're they're wonderful. They're wonderful, and and so I think it's a I think it's a lovely movie. It reminds me a lot of a movie that came out five years later. That is one of my favorite movies. Friday. I love the movie Mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. They're not really the same uh, except in that they are a kind of a slice of life, like a day in the life Mm -hmm. in a community that is wildly different from the communities that that the three of us grew up in. Right. And Mm -hmm. I remember being fascinated by Friday and all the characters and the simple story that that movie was telling. And I thought it was executed beautifully uh, and, and house party reminds me of, of that a, a lot.
3: Hey, you, where are you going? I'm going to mind my fucking business. That's where I'm going. Do you have a problem with that officer? <laughs> Again with the questions. What is this? Jeopardy? No, it ain't Jeopardy. It ain't Monopoly either. And I ain't going to jail. Freeze. Freeze! damn. You all sound like a set of
0: <laughs> Again, man. Put your hands on top of your head. Shh. Top.
3: Back. I know why you stopped me. I know why. Because I'm a poor black man in a black neighborhood on a black block, and y'all just want to
0: bust my black ass. No, no. You look suspicious. Ain't that a bitch. Yeah, you look suspicious, and you definitely look black. Turn around. Your wife
2: likes it, the old bitch. The other thing that took me by surprise was the real world consequences and with the two white policemen i was like holy shit so disturbing and they said someone said and this was great the the quote i read i I don't know who wrote this said there are consequences for the characters in house party simply for existing that the likes of ferris bueller never had to consider well there you go you know and it was like the white they said you know it's (laughs) it's what they had to oh oh it was a quote with chris reed chris reed was saying yeah You know, it was, it was a teen movie, like all the John Hughes movies and all that, but look what we had to navigate. The white dude doesn't have to deal with half of this. All he has to do is wake up and shit is lovely. We have obstacles. But Reginald Hudlin doesn't do it in a way that's like hitting you over the head, which is great too. It's just sort of these, this is the lives that these kids live.
3: A movie that changed my life in the year prior to this is Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing, Seeing Do the Right Thing was mind-blowing eye-opening gut punching obviously and if you know you haven't seen that movie mike czarzycki's students see that movie and then see this movie and how far out are we from boys in the hood is that same year as this it's the next Wasn't year it's 91, 91. the following year okay, 91, I think, yeah. Yeah. Mm. so um you know those scenes resonated for me the most in seeing this movie the scenes with the two cops now the one cop uh, it is uh, the one that the one that's typically driving the car. I don't know if you recognize him. But he looks he, familiar to me. He's ca- he, the, the reason he is cast, I can only imagine, is because he is a very, very, very prominent character in another movie about a great big party, Bachelor Party, which is with Tom <laughs> Hanks. Oh, my <laughs> he God. Pl- he yes. plays sort of the animalistic, you know, <laughs> a guy who's like, let's watch. We need boobs and fire trucks and drugs. And hookers. And, yeah, and hookers. Oh he's God. that guy guy okay oh my god i couldn't place him yes you're right the other guy i didn't recognize but that guy is cast very much on purpose okay so those so this so that's a commentary on on exactly everything that we're talking about And, and you know the 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 fact that okay the the You know, in 16 Candles, the white kids having the party or in Bachelor Party don't have to contend with with any of these things. So the movie winds up being so much more than the sum of its parts because, you know, you have it is very, very, very cleanly divided into three thirds. You have getting ready for the party, the party, and then everything that happens after the Mm -hmm. party. And each of these thirds has something in it, sometimes involving the cops, sometimes not. That is a, a, a comment on. The society. It is. It is a social commentary as well. But as you said, Fred, and as you said, Jason, it is not. It, it is. It is so not hitting us over the head because we're in the world of comedy. Unlike with "Do the Right Thing" and with a and with a um a, a, a movie like uh, uh, "Boys in the Hood," certainly that we we have a sense that things are going to be okay. Yeah. But In twenty twenty two oh my god all of those encounters with the police are deeply frightening yeah and, you know so c- keep in mind yeah. there is a scene where the cops take the the huh. the um the three bully characters away and beat them, they beat and them you don't screen. see that you see dock, only the right? comedic consequences of that yeah. the, the encounter that is that goes on between Robin Harris and the police would yeah. not, would be w- w- is so so incredibly frightening because t- yes. because they pull their guns out on him because he is you know, a just putting his hands at his, his sides. Yeah. So all of that is very disturbing The you know, the big, huge misstep in this movie is obviously the jail stuff. When, Oh, it's when, horrifically when, homophobic. No, oh when he goes to jail, it yeah. is, you know, he's making Rock Hudson jokes. It's all about not getting AIDS. And, and, and Reginald be, and, Hudlin has
2: apologized for that. I read an interview with oh, him. He really? said, okay. he, he's like, yeah, he really, he, yeah. he regrets it. He said, there's nothing worse than offending people who you don't mean to offend. Yeah, And, he that, and it's a shame
3: because up. it's sort of, it's yeah. you know, the
0: showstopper of the movie. It's like the big. Yeah. He wraps his way out of. He wraps his way being out. Being yes. raped. raped. Yeah. yeah. Being and raped. there
2: could be some funny stuff in that, but you don't mm-hmm. have to go the homophobic route, you know, right. at, at all. There could have yeah. been.
3: It doesn't. Ways you don't need to Rock do Hudson that. AIDS jokes in the middle of that rap. No, now, not, at, not at all. The best scene in the movie is Kid and Tisha Campbell um, and their wonderful scene as they're finally getting to know each other. All of the, the teen sex, actual let's have sex stuff is handled very deftly, I think, in, in, in a wonderful way. In a beautiful, it's, it's really beautiful. So the, the realism of how these relationships form, like
0: when you're at that age and yeah, you're like, yes. I don't know who likes me at the party. I and love I, that. I really like this girl, but I don't know if she's interested, so this girl might be. I I like you, but I also like you, too. I I thought that was
2: great. I've never seen that in a movie, and that's exactly what you go through. Did you kiss her? Did I kiss who?
1: Tonight. Did you kiss Shireen? No, I didn't. But you wanted to. Well, but I didn't. And I didn't know her the
0: way I know you now. Okay. So,
1: I'll see you later, right? Okay. Okay.
3: Here's another wonderful thing. At this party, there are exactly zero people smoking, doing drugs of any kind. One guy gets drunk, and he is the the loser and the outcast of the party because he brings alcohol and drinks a lot of it. There's not any... You see... All of that in sixteen candles at the big Jake Ryan house party. Right. You know, you don't see any of it here. They're just gathering on a school night to dance, and that—that that to
2: me is the best scene so when they do great. the dance off, the dance off, oh, and that's the rap amazing.
3: battle. The dance off and the rap battle are are the, next to the Tisha Campbell and Kid scene. That is my favorite stuff. And here's something I didn't expect: this movie is really b- both. Both ethically, idealistically, and within the rap, it's kid versus play. Yeah. yeah. It's not kid and play being together and yeah. being of the same mind. They're opposites in this, yeah. even up to the very, very, very ending scene where they have different thoughts about what it is to be in a relationship with a woman. Yes. And you are very anti play by the end of oh, this movie. Sure. Or, or you're at least given the choice. Which is the opposite because you're oh, salt and pepper always go together, <laughs> it's
2: always salt and Peppa. This pepper. is more
0: kid V play. Play. Dawn and <laughs> This
2: is Kid V the
1: Volcano
3: and <laughs> Kid Play.
0: V the Volcano.
3: <laughs> Boy, you're going way out. I'm ready to serve you. If you can stay out past your pops curfew, look at him. Already a has-been. Let Uncle Play say a rhyme that'll tuck your ass in. <laughs> <laughs> Am I paid on what? Some kind of vow. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. Once again, the boy's blowing smoke but what he wanna be But it isn't, it wasn't, and it ain't never gonna be possible Cause I got lots of pull. And when you rhyme, ooh, there's lots of bull When it comes time to step to a mic, I don't sit around Play, you know I don't kid around So come with it, boy, don't even hide your best Cause kids fell backwards, describes your best Look around, watch the people clap hands in unity As the momentum swings from you to me. You issued a challenge, yeah, you threw it up Step to the stage, too late, I blew it up The knowledge just filled with excellence. You heard the rhymes, you've been petrol ever since. There's no missing the words that I laid out. You didn't play, you just got played out. Oh yeah? Anything y'all can do, I I also can do, but I can also do it better.
2: This is one of those movies we've oh. talked about. This. We talked about this with Will That's Smith right. in um, oh. what was in our second episode ever yeah. uh, in Made, Made in America. America. You right. watch this and you go, oh, Martin Lawrence is a fucking star.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I watch this oh. and I go, Tisha Campbell is a fucking star. Oh, a like, superstar. God, she she's is superstar. so, god She was damn. great. Here's
3: the other social commentary that you don't expect out of this. There's all this stuff about well, a project girl is this, yes. and the rich girl yes. is that. that is the subsections, incredibly eye opening, and and the fact and about that you, privacy those, and
0: if you want privacy in your romantic yes. life, you have to date one type of girl because right. otherwise, and you, you know. see
3: her home life, the uh, the other girl, yes. you know, the one that that winds she, up getting together more with play, you see her home life in it, and is it is handled comedically, you uh-huh. know, but it's also in a way she doesn't have, you don't see any sort of established relationship with with, with any of them other than I'm leaving now, you know, and they just kind of are staring at the TV and that's kind of funny and it's kind of sad. And the kid making the yeah. Kool-Aid is kind of oh funny. Yeah. Uh, um. The other, uh, the other thing is that, you know, you mentioned our early episodes, the night is not over for play. He's going to go home and watch a movie. What's one of the movies he's going to watch Beat Street. Beat Street. Yes, I know. Another movie that that we said a lot of these same things about as far as like this is opening our eyes to a world that we didn't know as these, you know, white privileged teens
2: they made references. They made references to Crush Groove, yes. yeah. Beat Street. There was all those movies that like paved the way for this, yeah. which I thought
0: was really, really cool. Dolomite. Dolomite. Dolomite my dad like he wants Dolomite. to watch Dolomite, Dolomite with him. Yeah. He's like, you don't want to stay and watch Dolomite tonight. I, if, any, if you haven't seen that, did you see the Eddie Murphy movie? Oh, it's terrific. It's yeah. So it's, terrific. it's fantastic. Cause I didn't yeah. know, I wasn't familiar with Dolomite before that really. And then the Dick Gregory references, Dick Gregory, the oh, comedian yeah, yeah. who then, also, like, got into all these kind of diet fad stuff. It was yeah. I, 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 yeah well, the references were wonderful.
3: The neighbor is also a famous comic. Also, oh, Yes, so that's John Witherspoon. Yeah. John Witherspoon, he's, yeah, he's very he's, funny.
0: Who plays basically the 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 dad role in Friday? And so he has a much larger, mm-hmm. uh, very yeah. very funny role, and he's
3: in. in uh, is he in Boomerang also? He's in an Eddie Probably Murphy. Reginald
0: Hudlin directed Boomerang two years oh, after there you go, Yeah, And he was um, in a lot yeah. of Robert
3: Townsend movies. That shows you
0: how influential this movie was and how well it must have worked yeah. on its own. Because then Reginald Hudlin was handed a huge
3: Eddie Murphy comedy two years right. later, you know. Um, hmm, yep. Robin yeah, Harris yeah. is great. He also shows up and do the right thing. He's one of the three guys sitting outside. Yeah, who are like, it's hot, it's hot, it's and very then hot. And kids, so funny. and he, and he died. Kids, right? Yeah, and babies' kids, kids,
0: which yeah, was, died, was yeah. made after he passed away. He passed away right after this. Or right short after, after this yeah. in mm. 1992. They made. Uh, George States Clinton States showed States. up. Well, that's what
3: I wanted to say. George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic, what's yeah. one of their big songs? Tear the roof off the sucker. And that's yeah. what happens in this movie. That's the roof literally happens. gets torn off the party. So cool. There's so many little in references within this that I didn't expect. It was very very fun. I mean,
0: do we do we do we ruin that incredible payoff? Let's just say there's an incredible payoff with oh, the, at the very with end the, with the tag, tag. Oh, yeah. with the police. Yeah. There's a you know the, the Marvel <laughs> post credit stinger or yeah. whatever that which uh, brings it
3: back to what Fred was saying about it's all but, a dream. You know it's, 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 it's
0: all this it's, dream this when sort of that really root flows dream. off and, and yeah when, and the yeah the the what can what can occur in the dream, <laughs> but in reality <laughs> the 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 powerlessness. Yeah, that's the weird thing. The insidious thing about the film is like these right. white cops, the only white characters really in the film, I think. They just keep showing up and keep causing trouble. And sometimes it's like <sighs> Keystone cops-ish. And sometimes they save the day in a weird way. And most of the time, they're just this looming, not funny threat in this funny, right. light-hearted, mm. life-affirming movie. It's just so it's so interesting how Huddlin threads the needle with these characters. They're always the, because it's they're just a fact of life. Like you're, you're they're you're just there. saying this yeah. is just their world. So the same way, all sorts of terrible things we just kind of incorporate into a daily, you know, risk assessment of being a person in the world. These characters are dealing with. It's like, yep, there's the. The white cops who are who are going to, you know, if they have an opportunity, if there's a way they can try to just get in our way or mess up our day or derail our lives for the length of being pulled over for a few seconds uh, all the yep. way to. Yeah, we went we were taken to the docks and and beaten oh. off screen and then yeah. came back to continue our plot line. I mean, that that's just such a fact of life for all of these characters and that there is. That we do get a payoff at the end, a dream-like payoff. Um, it's really, really fantastic.
2: Something that my my friend Lisa Jackson has said about being trans, and that like mm-hmm. you know she wants stories about trans people told where there's no trauma. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's a trans story, just a, a trans story about a trans person. There's no trauma. There's no apologizing. There's nothing. And th- what what made me so full of joy watching this cuz I'm thinking at the time this is maybe one of the few movies cuz even do the right thing I mean do the right thing is about a black community you know and that's what mm-hmm. it's about but there is there, there is this sense of impending doom behind it. it's building up to something and it, and it, and that's where it goes, you know, and it's, and there's lots of questions and it's upsetting and it makes you think and it's, you know, there, there are some very, very hard questions in that movie. Um, this is just sort of unapologetically black teenagers being black teenagers having fun, doing what they love and that's it. But within that, what's sad about that and, and what we're saying, like, yes, there, it, 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 it's just them dancing and singing and it's full of joy and doing all the things yeah. that teenagers are supposed to do, try and have sex. But there <laughs> is always that small threat in the background.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's all really fascinating. And yeah, it's very disturbing. It's, it's almost like, because this is the, like you said, because this is a comedy and because of the nature of the film and the, 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 the good open, lightheartedness of the film the sweetness of the film this threat of the cops it's it's almost like it almost becomes interwoven like like it's a fan it is a little bit of a fantasy where like we watch a fantasy and there's 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 a dragon that flies outside of the village like there's there's the threat right right? like Mm -hmm. the fable-like threat there's always that thing that could come along could kill us could disrupt our way of life just be be wary be wary don't uh don't don't uh don't don't poke the bear don't uh don't antagonize
3: the the outside threat and it has that kind of energy it's the same thing and do the right thing. Every time the cops come through the neighborhood, yeah. that happens three, four, five times then do the right thing. It happens in yeah. uh, boys in the hood with the helicopters. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's always, the, and it's very dragon. Like it's very, it's very yeah. much like the circling in dragon boys in the hood, yeah. overhead. You know, it's, you just this hear constant, it. You don't even see
2: them. You just hear it. Exactly. There's yeah. this
3: constant thing that's just looming. And, you know, in here, uh, you're right, Jason, it, it is these two, it is these two cops and they're just in the neighborhood at, at any time nice. when just and you, what you start to feel is at any time anyone is walking on the streets in this movie, which is a lot. Yeah, there is the, there is a threat to yeah. their lives. Um, yeah, but you know, the, but the- that
2: aside, I mean, not, I don't want to say that aside. It's a pretty damn joyous movie. Oh, well, and it it really wonderfully the, the, joyous. The, the rap yeah. battle and the the so dance great. off are. Real. I mean, it's it's. It, I mean, it could be. It's like a musical. You know. And uh, yes. had, had that jail room scene been a little more tasteful. and oh, You got as, a really you know.
3: high Sheila movie, yeah. if, if not for that jail scene. You know yeah. what's funny and, is that and Pee-Wee's to- voice
2: brings it down, too.
3: Pee-Wee, I couldn't fucking stand Terrible. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was awful. <laughs> I couldn't. T-
2: every time he spoke, I'm like, ah.
3: Oh. Uh, yeah. I, stopped uh-huh. do- I said, stop doing that.
2: Yeah, we'll make it like a real house party. We we'll, we'll be house and shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, <it> was very <laughs> funny. Very,
0: it's just very charming. Very- real um you know Mm -hmm. and 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 tonally with uh, it's very deftly handled because you know it could really it could have really gone off the rails or felt disjointed with the the police officer stuff i kind of don't know how how he, he wove it together so seamlessly you know, relationships. But even humor-wise, I think the, the sillier bits and the, and the more realistic
3: conversation, they just – everything flowed really, really nicely. Wonderful. My, my absolute favorite thing about it is the fact that the relationships have depth. They don't yes. – they, they could so easily have made this shallow and made yeah. this utterly, you know, something where it's like just surface level. But every relationship, the relationship between Martin Lawrence and play, the relationship between kid and play, the relationship between the girls – and the two and the two guys, the relationship between the father and the son—they are all deep. They all have depth, yeah. and they all have those moments of like, oh, where you kind of you feel for everybody in this, well, all of the major characters, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, at, I was at, in at with the, like I said, the
2: opening. Really, I was like, oh man, that blew me away. And then even when kid taking hit the shoes off his his father when he's in bed, beautiful. Again, it was just yeah. all these little surprising little moments right yeah. off the bat. Going, yeah. oh, I think this this is going to be something. More than I thought, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I really enjoyed it.
3: How I'm many Sheila's?
2: I think I'm going to give it an eight point
3: five. Yeah, I'm going eight. I'm, eight. I'm going eight yeah. as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If it weren't for that last scene in the jail, you know, yeah, if
3: not the jail, I, 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 might I mean, even you go. have a really high shield. I was I was originally
2: going eight, and then I just I bumped it up to the eight point five. Good.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I think it's an eight. It's great.
1: Here comes the mail.
2: Before we talk about how we make the magic that is opening weekend podcast. Uh, we, I will say sometimes, you know, so, a few, sometimes people actually listen to the podcast what? and, yeah. uh, and, or they, they Not have opinions. <laughs> no. And they have opinions on the movies <laughs> okay, that we've okay. talked about. Uh-oh. And it appears that a few people actually really like true believer, which no, is what we talked come about on, on yeah. the last episode. Well, yeah. Ooh. Well, two people. One person. There were two people, but i, I saw a few. Two, there were a few people mentioned. I, I was, but I, I feel like it was because one they of
0: haven't those seen movies it since nineteen eighty nine. That's why.
2: I, well, I think that's what it is. I think I don't it's think exactly
3: seen what. Any I've other, seen. other movies? Then. Have oh, they not no. seen any other films? Is that the only film <laughs> they've seen? Because if it's the only film I've seen, I would have liked it. But I've seen other. I have the benefit of having seen other films. Okay,
2: uh, people. I think people just remember it fondly. I think people. Sheesh. I think it's one of those things where they saw it back then and they might remember it fondly.
0: Yeah, like the like the way some people might remember the prison rap from House Party fondly, and then they go back and they're like, "Wow, that's a that's a long list of celebrities who died from AIDS there in the middle of the yeah. song." Oh, yikes! You son of a
1: bitch!
3: So,
0: guys. Yeah. What's up? How do we make? The podcast, how what do we do? How a podcast? How'd this all take, start, Jason? I'm you interview a,
3: you. take a little bit of fairy dust. You take a little <laughs> bit of unicorn face. You take a little <laughs> bit of rain, rainbow yeah. ass. You take and a you cheese grater
0: on. to a unicorn's face. And that's, <laughs> that's the ingredient. But you know,
2: I, I do get asked quite a bit, other than just, you right. know, the students of uh, Mr. Zarzicki's yes. class. But I do get asked, like, oh, how do you do it? Like, what programs do you use? What do you yes. do? What's the whole thing? So let's let's uh, briefly let's go back go back to the genesis
0: it was uh something that we we came to with the help of our good good friend and technical mastermind ethan james duff uh you know at the beginning of the pandemic in in the spring of 2020 fred and dan and i have gone to see a a million movies together in different combinations and permutations i go to the movies all the time it's my it's literally my favorite thing to do it's like my it's my escape it's my joy uh Mm. and i love the theater experience i love going to the movies as a kid when every probably multiple times a week and even into adulthood you know i've just you know, I, I think I get to the movies more often than most people that I know. <laughs> and it was like a real it was, it was I, I I was having serious withdrawal when when movie theaters were closed and and we couldn't get uh, we couldn't go see stuff on the big screen. And and I was missing it. And I was thinking about, you know, I was just th- waxing nostalgic for For that experience, for that type of uh, just just for the act of going out on a Friday night, getting something to eat with your friends then going to the movies, then hanging out afterwards and talking about it, making fun of what you saw, talking about the cool parts, whatever, you know, how those movies stick with you and stay with you. And yes, we have streaming. We have I have a gajillion DVDs. All people did. The early <laughs> point of the pandemic was catch up on shows and movies, and right. glue themselves to the television.
3: It's so a it just very wasn't different experience streaming something into your home than going out late at night. Usually, we would go in New York City, yeah. sit in a sit in an air conditioned theater, then go to the diner afterwards and yeah. talk about our talk about what we oh, just about saw, what
0: we felt about the movie. And I just was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about the act of going to the movies. I was thinking about the you know and 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 more importantly couldn't see our friends during the pandemic couldn't you know uh, couldn't hang out couldn't get together for a drink for a, a burger just see each other except on zoom and uh mm. i had thought for a while about like doing a podcast i i'm a voracious podcast listener and i thought oh how fun it would be to just talk about movies with the, it'll capture the conversations about movies that we already were having. It's not like we had to be like, oh, I've never sat and talked about movies with Fred and Dan before. How will this go? It was more like it was like I'm going to put on yes. Ghostbusters and Gremlins and I'm going to remember being a kid again. And then I'm going to talk to my buddies about do they remember seeing Ghostbusters and Gremlins <laughs> and what was that like for them? And then. Take a, you know, and then amp it up and take the critical eye towards it, because, you know, like Dan said, we've when we were kids, we fancied ourselves like film critics. I, as I said, I think in the first episode of the podcast as a kid, I was not only was I obsessed with movies, but I was obsessed with writing about movies about with film criticism. Mm -hmm. And I loved watching as we all did. Uh, These two famous Chicago film critics, uh, both uh, long since past, Siskel and Ebert, who had a TV show where they would give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to, uh, you know, three or four different movies that came out each week. And we would all watch that show voraciously to find out about (laughs) the movies that were coming out and what we might like and what are, you know, like, oh, what do they think of the new Star Wars or whatever? And I read a lot. I read this very uh, famous and erudite critic, Pauline kale who used to write for The New Yorker, who wrote beautiful prose about movies. And it was funny and and uh, she incredibly intellectual. And sometimes it was really condescending and, and snarky and, <laughs> and bitter and acerbic, uh, but also brilliant and illuminating. And sometimes I remember things she said about movies more fondly and and more vividly than I remember the movies themselves or the the sequences she describes. I'm like, yes, she put into words what is special about that moment or why that doesn't work or why that person's a genius and, you know, whatever. And so as a lover of that, you know, it's been many years since I've said, all right, I'm going to quote unquote review a movie So this was kind of like the best of all worlds. It's like it's both it's the hang. It's like just getting together with my friends who Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting to see anymore. Talk about movies, but also put that spin on it where it's like, oh, now hold ourselves accountable to have a real opinion about it and kind of play play some sort of value judgment on the the art itself. And uh, and also try to really parse out like what's nostalgia based. What is just personal taste where it's like this movie might be bad, but I just fucking love it. Right. <laughs> I'll try to defend it, but yeah. you know, take your shots at And that me. to me, that's, that's the, the, the most fa- that's, fun.
2: That's the most exciting. And you've yeah. said this before. I mean, my favorite part of it is always going back to where we were. And I think in many ways, that's what, that's also, there are, there are millions of, of uh, movie podcasts out there. You know, and we'll talk about how we ended up the, the technical aspects yes. of getting there. But I think the thing that, that hooked me when this first came up was the idea of going back to where we were, like doing a, doing a different opening weekend throughout the last 40 years every week. And then talking about where we, did we see the movies? When did we see them? Where we were in our lives. And to me, that's the most exciting part. And I think what really connects To listeners, I think that's sort of, I think it's our relationship, obviously, and I think that's important when you're doing a podcast, you know, for the, for people who are listening in terms of putting one together. I think it's important that you, there's a relationship with who, if, if you're doing it with other people, that you have a shared relationship, uh, or there, or there's something that's going to make uh, listening dynamic, and I think w- our shared relationship and and the commonalities that we had growing up, you know, I think that sh- breaks through, and I think people listening can take a lot out of
0: that. I think the other thing that's make, is so much fun is the disagreements. You know, it's always wonderful when we say, <laughs> like, Silence of the Lambs is a great movie, Goodfellas is a great movie, but it's even more fun when one person thinks Baby's Day Out is a great movie, and the other two are like pulling their hair and eyeballs out, uh, trying to bring Dan Matisse towards the light. Here's what
3: I like most about the podcast. Fred, in a way, this is sort of self-flagellation for me because I'm very jealous of Fred and Jason. They're far more successful than me. But if I can get under their skin with a (laughs) baby's day out (laughs) or nothing but trouble or a, or a leprechaun. I will do it. I will take any opportunity. No, the, 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 uh, the, 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 you're right on the money, you two, and you're, you're kind of putting me in mind of a, sort of a, uh, yet another thing that I, that I think for, for me, um, makes me go, oh, this is, this is part of the, part of the uniqueness and I'm not saying to toot my own horn, it's just what happens in my heart, brain, soul, when we do this thing is to go, I don't know. This is the thing that I want to sort of ask Mike and his students to sort of think about is, you know, you can't, you don't have a window into this yet, but you will when you're, when you're older Mm -hmm. is whatever your, whatever you're being influenced by, whether it's a movie, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a piece of music, whether it's a book that you're reading, whatever it is, that's shaping you, you know, yeah. that's shaping yeah. you and that's guiding you towards who it is you're going to be. And and you don't know this quite at the time, but boy, we know it now. And looking back, we're going, oh yeah, these things, at some point, we all watched enough of these movies where we went to somewhere in the back of our head, went, no, I'd like to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And we all became performers. because mm-hmm. doing yeah. no small part to our love of these films and our and our desire to go. What they're doing seems like magic. I would love to do that, please. Mm-hmm. May I please also engage in something like that? And that's what brought us all to theater and to and to being performers. You know, just it's- don't
2: lie about watching those movies because then what happens right. is it comes back and haunts you for the rest of your life, right. as, it as it's done for me. As because it this podcast, should. really for me, is therapy. I was just going to say, just getting it really all out. This
0: podcast is a, a, a pri- primarily a form of therapy for all three of us, but really yes. for Fred. Fred really, really. <laughs> get some shit In out of the disturbing table way. You know? yeah. <laughs>
2: but look all great art should come from from the, the the heart and something that makes you happy but you do there are there are there's the nitty gritty behind it and we were lucky that we our friend Ethan James Duff was the guy who was like that's a great idea let's do it mm-hmm. and it was like boom let's move forward and then just figuring out the technical aspects which i think what's what's nice uh, now, you know, I know Dan is going to get off of my lawn. Let's go back to the days of rotary phones no and whatnot. Question. And, you know, my milk. Well, how come they're not delivering milk anymore? But, uh, <laughs> I,
3: I, but I, we, I originally wanted to do this podcast on an, on a reel to reel. And these guys <laughs> wouldn't do it. They didn't want to do it. And I said, I it, to- I ha- listen, I will hand crank for as long as we need to. That's what she said.
2: That's my joke. Damn it, Dwight. That being said, you know, what's great what's really nice is that Ethan or something, you know, can be like, Hey, we should do a podcast and we can do that now. You know, like we, what, what's so wonderful. <laughs> right. The, um, the, the, the Duplass brothers said something a while ago, I read in an interview and they said, if you want to make movies and you're not making them shame on you, you have no excuse. There's right. no excuse not to, to make movies now. Mm-hmm. Cause we all have these things called phones, iPhones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that have cameras. So if you want to be creative and it's the same thing. So the idea of, you know, we want to do a podcast and, you know, everyone and their mother's doing a podcast. What's wonderful is now that we can do that. So Ethan really helped us out. So we use a program and no, we're not sponsored by any of these programs, but we, we, we found a program called Squadcast, which is basically like zoom, but we can record, we're recording ourselves uh, with, you know, nice clean wave files, but we can also see each other. other, Yeah. So it's great. So it's like, we're in the room, it's all in real time. uh, And, and, Ethan was really instrumental having someone with that tech, technical know-how and, you know, we had it and it's, and it's, it's your, you know, it's, it's easy to figure out. There's Especially so many Fred, opportun-
0: who is a, a, a very successful audiobook narrator and has a whole home uh, audio setup for doing this kind of thing. Dan and I had to be, you know, told like, go buy this dum-dum, go do right. this.
2: But you did. And, and yes. Ethan was instrumental in doing yes. that and telling us what yes. to get, what the proper stuff was. And then- what was nice, what was great about this, like I think about the learning curve, because in the beginning it was very much, we did this, Ethan would listen in, you know, and then I think after a while it's like, all right, you want you guys just record and I won't listen anymore. Yeah. But he would listen into the episodes and then Jason sort of sketched everything out. You know, we'd go back and listen to it and say... You know, let's I want to do this. Here. Notes. Let's-
0: I would say cut after Dan says this word cut to this second mark. I would go and I'd go through and then I'd be like, insert this clip from YouTube of this scene starting at. This line at wow. the twenty-second mark and cut off here. I mean, it took for it took a long time to do it that way. But I didn't know how to do any of the technical stuff. But I was like, and, and I can hear Ethan, it and tell you you what to do. Right. It just drew, and Ethan would then go in and do it with the time he had. But it would take so much longer. And then yes, then Ethan so I think said, it
2: was around episode. Was, seven, seven, I think it was, it was Fourth a, of the, July. Set, was it Ghost and Quick Change? Is that what it was? The first
0: one was the Baby's Day Out episode. It was the Baby's Day Out, oh. the Shadow. Oh right! Yeah, blown away. That was the first one that I was left on my own to. We sort of had to figure that out
2: because Ethan was basically Uh, saying, you know, you should cut out the middleman. You know, I'll Mm. still help technically, but so then it was just us figuring stuff out, and (sighs) we sort of divvied it up that you know I would uh, we I download once we record everything. You know, we we typically the the, what the schedule is. Jason comes up with the schedule. You know, of what movies we're going to watch each week. We'll watch those movies. We figure out a time that we can all get together, record. We do that. We record, we get it. We, you know, we put it all down and, and we just sort of go, we just sort of hit record and talk and discuss. And, you know, there's a lot of shit that we're like, oh, we'll cut that out. And inevitably Jason ends up keeping it in, <laughs> uh, much more concerning, <laughs> or will cut stuff out. We're like, why did you cut out that story oh, about suds? Yeah. Which you did. You cut out a story. No, you didn't. <laughs> what did you, you cut out something oh, last oh, episode. Oh. And I was like, oh, darn it. Oh, I, I was talking about things. I'm, <laughs> three hours.
0: We're talking about true believer. <laughs> <laughs> got, no, something. it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway.
2: So we do that, and then I will download all the tracks as wave files because you want the the high format. You want you know don't MP3s. You lose a bit of the quality, so you always want to download in, in wave files uh, or something in in, in 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 a high format. And then uh, I'll mix that. I'll, I'll sort of, I'll throw that on to, I use uh, Adobe Audition. There's lots of other things you can use. You can use uh, GarageBand. There's um, Pro Tools. If you're really getting fancy, there's tons of programs. Audacity is a program, is a free program. That Audacity is through. the
0: one I use in the next stage of things to edit the podcast. But yes, I'm sorry. Go right. ahead.
2: So no, so, but that's it. But I'll take, you know, there, I'll, I'll level all the sounds out. I've, I'll, there, there there are uh, effects banks that I figured out now with the help of Ethan to get rid of background noises or to keep us all our voices sort of level. And then a lot of it's going through and there's obviously there's three of us talking. We're very excitable. We talk (laughs) over one another. So a lot of it is moving stuff, literally taking pieces. It's three separate tracks. So sometimes we'll all be saying something that's really funny, but we're saying it at the same time. So I'll move (laughs) Dan a little and then I'll move myself or, um, or usually, usually if the three of us are saying something funny, a lot of times I will, Decide, all right, well, which of the two are are the funniest? And I'll maybe lower the volume. So I'll say, mm-hmm. all right, what Dan is saying is great. What Jason's saying is great. What I'm saying is funny, but you know what? I'm going to get rid of that and I'll just lower it. I'll just com- cut it out completely. And then I might do the opposite the next time. And and it's a lot of it's just moving things. So it's clean. Everything is clean. Once I have everything where the levels are okay and everything sounds good and everything is fairly clean, it's getting a, getting a, rid of a lot of noises, you know, sniffles or, and you know, sirens, which is sometimes hard to do but I'll try to clean it up as much as I can. And then I'll send it to Jason. And then Jason takes over the next step,
0: uh, which is editing the thing down. Cause sometimes the raw material is like right now, I don't know when you're actually listening to this. I don't know uh, how long you will have been listening right now. We've been recording for almost <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes. It will not, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Things will get cut. <laughs> not all stay. But nothing that uh, yeah, so we'll i said will get cut. Nothing. So part of it is just, is just that simply going through and, you know, and just making choices about how to streamline the conversation, take out repetition. Sometimes it is hard choices. Sometimes it's just saying we've, it, it, sometimes I'm listening to it as an almost like an audience member and being like, we've been on this thread to a, for a length of time that makes me feel like my interest is starting to wane or I feel like I want to move on to the next thing. So then I go through and I, it might be like, everything's great, but I just want to shave it down some. I just want to get, get to the next thing a little more quickly. Uh, so there's a million, the, the reasons for why I edit things out are, are numerous and varied. Um, but yeah, but it's kind of gotten, I I get the feel now of like what, uh, uh, a general episode of the podcast is like, but the other thing that I do and which has been really, really fun uh, is I try to find first, it was just finding sound clips from the movies, like clips off of YouTube, you know, little bits of dialogue uh, the way you would, if you were watching um, a film critic on television, review a movie or listen to another podcast, they'd use a sampling of a scene to uh, you know, to just re- the reference point for what we're, we're chatting about. That's still the biggest part of it, but now, (laughs) as time's gone on, I've (laughs) layered in many, many more kind of arcane and, uh, you know, kind of ridiculous non sequitur sound clips, uh, things that come up in conversation, and I just want to. What the fuck are you talking about? What does that got to do with anything? Ah, the
1: French. I've never seen anything like this.
3: You won the contest.
0: You know, it's it's my this is my chance to do some extra kind of writing and joke telling in the editing process Mm -hmm. to be like, I can think of something that would be funny in response to something we've just said or that can heighten something we've just said or can create a joke out of something we've just said. And I'll find like somebody saying something or some sound effect. And they become recurring. And then now. they become re- yeah, recurring, like which is characters. why I, I always say, like, you can kind of listen to these in any order you want. But if you really if you listen to them in the order we've recorded them, you'll see that themes start <laughs> to to emerge. And, uh, you know, we did an episode about a year ago where we uh, reviewed a Bill Cosby movie from the early 1980s. <laughs> and I found a, a sound clip that was not From the movie we were reviewing, but was rather Bill Cosby responding to the uh the early allegations of sexual harassment that he was facing and it was this kind of weird crazy interview where he was going off the rails and i pulled a quote from that and i used it about i don't know how many times in that first episode in any time i wanted to have where i would normally put in a clip of bill cosby from the movie i just put in this clip of him (laughs) bizarrely defending himself i have been in this business 52 years and i will I've never seen
1: anything like this, and reality is the situation,
0: and I, I can't speak. And but. then that's that has become our number one sound clip that we return to. You'll have heard it seventeen times by by now in this episode. <laughs> um, you know, so things like that that become yeah almost like recurring. Characters in the podcast, little sound clips of different celebrities, or uh, we've got an O.J. Simpson one. What does that got to do with anything? Uh, and then I pull music, I pull all, all sorts of other things, and then I I lay in different tracks with that uh, with those components, and I, I I do all of that in a program called Audacity, which Fred mentioned, which is a great, very uh, user friendly, um, instinctive kind of program for uh, for editing. Sound And then I take all of that. I save it. I generally keep the raw material that I've cut just in case I need to uh, go back and reinsert something. I then turn all of that into an MP3, the edited version of the episode, and I send it to these guys to listen to. And for the most part, that then becomes what we publish or put uh, put out there into the world. And I find it incredibly satisfying and fun. And like I say, it's like. I have experience as a stand-up comedian. I, I I am a theater director as well as an actor. Getting to get your hands in there and shape the podcast in that way is really, really fun and really satisfying on its own merits. And I'll tell you the truth. 95% of the time, the choices I make are just to make these two guys laugh, which (laughs) is actually just, it's a macro version of what we do with the podcast, which is we're just trying to enjoy each other's company and tickle each other. And then hopefully, that three person conversation then becomes something that is entertaining to a larger group of people. It's the same thing with my choices for the editing. I'm really just trying to make these guys laugh and hopefully I'm making the audience laugh, but I'm probably making them scratch their heads a fair amount of the time. (laughs) But if you listen long Uh, enough, you come on the journey with us, I think, and I hope.
3: Now, well, hang on. Let's talk about my technical contributions. It goes without saying that I'm the most technically adept of the three of us. Oh. So this is the point at which my technical prowess really shines. Put in more crickets, <laughs> more additional crickets here. I don't do. Oh God's honest truth, these guys are geniuses. I'm along for the ride. Uh, I I, tr- I I I I once made a foolhardy offer to <laughs> to learn audacity or to learn the other programs, there's no way there's simply no way I could do I what think these you were gonna upload do.
2: stuff because once we th- there is a third part to this once is it's there? done yeah and I think that's what you were gonna do and it just sort oh, of faded fantastic. away and once, it out once you do it you have to actually upload it and you have to there are there are various programs that you pay into we use one called transistor um and yeah and they they are outlets that will get that basically Push the podcast onto all the different platforms like Spotify and iTunes, Apple Music, and all that stuff. So, you need a platform to do that. So, that was going to be your job, I think, at one point. And I, I, I do you it. You gave to this me that day. job
3: one week. I wound up uploading to Grubhub, I think. <laughs> I wound up uploading the podcast to.
2: I know, I got a lot of stuff from Bed Bath and Beyond that week. Yeah, that was really I, weird. I, I got I some somehow, really nice shower
3: curtains. Right. I somehow <laughs> we got it uploaded directly to a shower curtain
2: what the fuck are you talking about? But that's what you do. You get it all on there. You upload the MP3. We always write a little blurb, a little, you know, describing stuff. We do some artwork for it. And then it gets sent out to all the different platforms. And then it's about, you know, with anything, it's about sort of marketing and getting the, the, the product as it were out there. And I mean, the nice thing uh, I have to say, what's, what's very nice about what we do. I think that I, that, that I enjoy about it is it is sort of, it's something that we just love to, I love to do it. I look forward to this. I remember we used to do it once a week. And when we had to switch to going to every two weeks, I was really sad only, which we talked about only mm. because I enjoyed doing it and I understand, you know, now I'm like, Oh God, thank God we don't do it every week. Cause it's, it's hard. It's, it's a well, lot of one, work.
0: And it once became we got back
2: into like real life schedules, it, right, right. it, Pandemic tough.
0: Life, it was easier. And even then, yeah. even then it was like, getting was one tough. of these out a week is hard. Even yeah. when I did yeah. them out, a show to <laughs> go do. Was, but it's so
2: fun to, to hang out with your friends and talk about something that you love. And exactly like you said, I mean, I have so many friends who listen to this and they're I, my, my friend the other day, Rosie, let me see if I can find this text. She just sent me a text. She goes, do you ever listen to the final cut of the episode and think, what in the hell is wrong with us asking for a friend? but then she, you know, she she loves it. And, but so many people are like, they just love listening to us crack each other up. And I, so what's nice about the marketing of this, because unfortunately in this day and age, there, there's a huge, there's so many podcasts out there. There's so much stuff out there because it's so much easier. As I said earlier, everyone can do this stuff. Everyone can make a movie. Everyone can, you know, do a podcast, record albums from their home. So it's, how do you get it heard? You know, how, how do, how do you get it out there? And that's much tougher, I think. It's easier in some aspects because we're all connected by the internet, but it's also harder because there's so much more out there. What's nice about this is we've found our audience. People have come to it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll advertise through social media and whatnot. But because I have so much fun doing it, I never get that stressed about it. Yeah, you know, good. it's just, it's just something that people are like, what's your listenership? I don't know. Right. I know people listen. Right. And I know people, they enjoy it and, and people keep coming back. And when people are introduced to it, yeah. they
3: continue to listen to it. All, so All three of those people come back week after <laughs> yeah. week and enjoy it. Yeah. We're hoping to get to four.
2: But I think that's important too when you're, when you're doing something, you know, whenever you're creating something, it's great to, to do it with people that you love and that you have fun with, surround yourself with people, whatever it is, surround yourself with people that you enjoy working with and that, that you can have fun bouncing ideas off of, and then just keep doing it and create it and put it out there and people will come or they won't. There's nothing you can do about that, you know, but, but (laughs) it's just nice to know that there are, that we have, however big the the listenership is, it's loyal and people enjoy it and we enjoy what we're doing. And that takes the pressure off. I used to get in the beginning, I was like, well, how, how do we get out there? What do we do? And I'm like, Hey, you know what? All we can
0: do is do what we do and have fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I'm very, yeah. I look back, I'm like, wow, we've got This this it's it's funny to say, oh, it's a body of work, but it's not whatever it is. These little time capsules. I mean, now it's seventy one. You know, I've got us. I have a scheduled out. You know, I create the schedule. Way in advance, I actually have a schedule and it changes. It changes based on our personal needs. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we can uh, record more episodes than we think we can. Very often, life stuff intrudes and it's like, OK, we're going to have to have a, maybe a longer break in here. And so that might put the schedule um, off. Mike
3: Zarzicki comes into our lives right. and says, yes, that, please that, watch not, Joe
0: versus the Volcano. Exactly. But I have it planned out now for the next two years. If we're still doing it, if we still want to, if life allows, I have... I have created the schedule. And just that is joyful for me going through and like researching the weekends and being like, oh, oh it, this it has be to allow to it just about. for
2: the last movie that you had on that list. The, the I think in two years from now, we're scheduled to do Schindler's List <laughs> Schindler's and Ace Ventura. Schindler's
0: List and Ace Ventura oh, Pet Detective. You- Can we, I mean, we have to go. Wow. We, we have to at least go
2: that far. Oh, I know. The, wow.
0: My God. Oh, so it's so fun. Sometimes it's just I just look at the oh, list oh, and oh. I get excited. But it's, I mean, it is. It's so fun to think about it, to plan for it to do it i enjoy the editing so even as as tired as we may get sometimes i'm up until three in the morning working on it I know, and we get the ridiculous. final mixes from
2: you at like four I, it's, it's crazy some us, but sometimes bed,
0: please? but sometimes <laughs> that's the only time i have to do it but it's a it's such a total labor of love yes i would i would miss it terribly if it if it wasn't uh uh, a part of my routine. And I, and, you know, and it's, it's a testament to the fact that we all enjoy doing it, that even though we've all gotten very busy again, thank goodness, uh, you know, at this stage in the pandemic, uh, we still, we make time for it. We figure it out and, and we're still producing the stuff and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, much more. So whatever it is, uh, I, I, now I'm you glad. go do
2: likewise, Mike Zarzicki students. Yeah. Oh, go follow yeah. your dream.
3: Oh, that's beautiful. Go do Likewise. Follow your dreams. Don't give up unless it's very difficult. Then you should give up. Look. Try, the fail, stop trying. Repeat. Do something. <laughs> Try,
0: fail, repeat.
3: Thank you, everyone, for joining
0: us, longtime listeners and new listeners alike. Thank you to uh, the esteemed educator. Michael Zarsicki for inspiring this week's episode. Uh, It was really a lot of fun. Uh, Next time we return to one of our favorite movie years, 1984, and the releases of March 30th. Romancing the Stone starring Michael (gasps) Douglas, Kathleen Turner and Danny DeVito and Greystoke, the legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes starring presumably... Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. Uh, who was that? Was he played by Christopher Lambert? <laughs> Christopher, Lambert. Uh, Christopher Lambert. Christopher uh, Lambert. I've Ooh, never and seen and that And an
2: audio-dubbed Audim Andy McDowell. Oh, that's right. I've Not never seen that yeah,
0: movie. Wow. I have never seen
1: Oh,
2: I saw it in the... Th- I
1: jump the want to title the gun, was just but... so
0: long, it really put me off. I was like, Tarzan? At, at
2: the time, it was famous for having the longest title ever in movie history, really? I believe. I seem to remember that. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. That makes sense. That makes sense.
0: Students, you're in for a treat. Dan, what do you got for us this week? If you've never listened, this is how three adult men close out their podcast. Each episode, one of them does a little something called hand farting. In the
2: business, we call it manualism. That's what's called in the business in the biz. of podcasting. It's yeah, that's what's manualism
3: in the biz. All right, I want you to, to imagine you're at a, you're at a, a, a house party oh, boy you know you're rocking you're rolling you're 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 dancing and it's very energetic and then all of a sudden the Dj drops a little little slow song that features prominently in-house party it's always and forever remember that song you Ooh, guys yes always and forever let me tune up first because you gotta tune up okay <laughs> And forever. Oh, Your yeah.
2: hands do not kid, but they do play. <laughs> oh, do they play?
3: The opening weekend podcast
1: is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening.